until they find. Now we might be used to the canonical gospel where we hear Jesus say, seek and ye shall find. But in the Gnostic gospel, which is more of the mystical gospels, the mystical explanation and interpretation and significance of the teachings of Jesus, he says the seeker should not stop until they find. So what does that mean? That means persevere. That means that even though I feel like I'm doing this a lot, I'm doing this all the time, I'm praying, I'm meditating, I'm going to listen to lectures, I'm doing my kirtan, I'm doing my sacred mantras, I'm doing my affirmations, and it's just like, I'm tired. Anybody identify? feel like I'm tired. When is it gonna happen? Where is this promised land already? Kind of thing. Well, Jesus reminds us, he says, seek and do not stop until you find. Second thing, when you find, you will be disturbed. Say what? Like, <laughs> you will be disturbed. Like, I don't want to be disturbed. You know what I mean? I don't want to be disturbed anymore. I'm tired of being disturbed. My father passed. Last year was like, it felt like hell to me, this torture of, of him dying and being in hospice and, you know, hospital emergency rooms, doctors. Before that, my aunt. You know, and then following my father, our little Abby died, our little rat terrier. One thing after the other, shooting in Parkland. Before that, shootings, shootings, shootings. Just turn on the news. Political corruption. I just now opened up my CNN app. I shouldn't because it's like I shouldn't see because I'll be disturbed. So when I open that up, what do I see in there? I see something about one of the justices maybe retiring. And immediately fear comes in. Jesus says, seek and don't stop until you find. And when you find, you're going to be disturbed. So what does that mean, Jesus? What are you talking about? I'll be disturbed. I'll be disturbed because I'll recognize and realize that this is all changing. I will recognize that as we talk about the cross, that everything on this plane, in the horizontal plane, is forever changing and will be disappointing. And we will be disturbed if we place all of our emphasis and all of our focus on that. But when we recognize that, oh, there's a little bit more to the story of absolute reality, of our connection to source, then, Jesus says, you'll be astonished. And then, you'll reign over everything. So the seeker shouldn't stop until you find, okay, Jesus, I'll do it. I'll keep on keeping on. Just like Dory says in Finding Nemo, keep swimming, keep swimming, right? And when you find, you'll be disturbed. And really, in, in the Hindu tradition, we talk about this in the, in the Sanskrit term of vivek, which means discrimination. Discriminating between what is real and what is not real. Discriminating between what is changing and always changing and that which is permanent. What is that? That is the light. The light is permanent. The source of all that is is permanent. I'm, I'm made up of the same ingredients as source, 
as this God spark creation that you talk about in your Declaration of Principles. This God spark creation. I am that. The, the Kabbalistic teachings and the Kabbalistic practice talks about us as sparks. We're sparks of the light and our role on earth is to unleash those sparks. And how do we do it? Through love, through kindness. So, you know, what is it that we're seeking? I, I know that I'm seeking serenity, peace, happiness. Reverend Tim, in the beginning of the service, said, we're happy, we're happy, we want to be happy. I don't know, what was the saying you said and you had everybody affirm it? It feels good to be happy. It feels good to be happy. It feels great to be happy. Nobody wants to be sad. And so we seek after things that make us happy. I don't know if you know this or not, but I got a watch for an Apple Watch for Christmas. Well, I am now obsessed with the various bands that you can get. They're only $11. And there's this beautiful thing called Amazon. I don't know if you've ever noticed. But you can go on it and you can just, you, you, get, you get a thought in your mind to make you happy and you press the button and you got it. In, in, in like 24 hours, you'll have that happy package. The thing is, though, that everything is ending. Everything is dying. Everything is depreciating. Everything is decaying. There's always something new. In fact, economists call it, right, planned obsolescence, which means that don't get too attached because in a while this will stop working and I'll have to get the new one. You know, the one that you don't have to have on your wrist, you'll have it on your leg, you'll have it on your, around your neck, you'll have it as, as like goggles or whatever. You know, it looks like something that I want, so I go after it, I seek until I find, and then I'm disturbed because I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Is that great nursery rhyme. You know, that there's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, a hole. That's this plane. That's this, this horizontal plane of impermanence. That's the hole in the bucket. But the other cross, which is the absolute <coughs> source consciousness, light consciousness, that is forever. That is undying. That is unending. That is always present. And when we get that, then we're astonished. You know, Rumi, the Islamic, because this comes from the Islam uh, and, and Muslim tradition and practice, Rumi was a Sufi. That is a, a mystical aspect of Islam. Rumi says, how can I ever become polished if I'm annoyed by every rub? Isn't that cool? My soul's evolution requires some rubbing. So these things that are upsetting me, this desert feeling, this wilderness feeling, I feel lost, I feel in despair, this dark night of the soul, so to speak is part of my evolution, for my polishing. And it's almost like God dragging us by the ear through the mud of the desert and <laughs> through the sand. Did you ever feel like that? God's dragging you like this? But God is dragging us and pulling us toward it. God 
is dragging us toward God. Isn't that awesome? It's almost like a magnet, and we're the filings. And so we feel like, whoa, like, you know, slow down, God. My mother just was in the hospital last week in the emergency room. And I was just like, you know what, God? No. Back off. Serious. I can't. You know, that, and that's my horizontal, the disturbed, right? Then you have to take a deep breath. For me, the going within, the going within place is a recognition of here's the breath, here's the now, what's my connection, what do I really believe? It's almost like, okay, Grace, put your money where your mouth is. What do you really believe? Do you really believe in absolute reality? Do you really believe that there is a God, that there is this divine source that we can't name, that we don't know, we know that it's light, we know that it's love, we know that it's unending, undying, always present. I know that. I believe it. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> I believe it. I invest in it. I know it. But then, when life shows up, and that desert, that crisis of faith, that dark night of the soul, it really bumps up against me. And I feel rubbed. And I feel annoyed. And I feel disturbed. So then I wonder, okay, do I really want to evolve? Do I really want to evolve? Do I really want to be polished? Maybe I don't want to be polished. Because I'm a little annoyed with all this rubbing. Stop rubbing me. Maybe I don't want to be polished. But then I go back and I go, no. Because I know that this is apparent reality and it isn't real. I know it's cosmic illusion. It would almost be as stupid as saying, I want to get my dreams perfect. You ever have a dream? You wake up and it's just like, what was that about? <laughs> like, that didn't make any sense. Let me go back to sleep the next night and fix it. <laughs> cosmic illusion. It's not really happening. Adi Ashanti, which is a, he's a beautiful Buddhist who has actually also a Hindu tradition, in his book, Falling into Grace, great book, reminds us, well, oh, I got it now. <laughs> Falling into Grace, this name of the book, I didn't make it up. Reminds us that within this inner consciousness and awareness is a space of stillness. See, so that's where I have to like, press, I have to almost press pause with myself, with my thoughts, with my mind. My mind is veiled by ignorance. I believe the dream is happening. I believe my mother is in the hospital. I believe my father is really dying. And he, and he is, and he did, and he did, and it's real, but it's a dream. Say, wait a minute, I don't get that. It's like abstract. What do you mean? I know that I am light, and if I know that I am light, and I know that I am that, who spoke to Moses, from the burning bush and said, I am that I am. Tatwamasi, I am that in Sanskrit. If I believe that I am that, then I know that I am unharmed by what's happening. I can detach, which is called viragya. So vivek is discrimination between what is real and what is not. 
and viragya is detaching from the outcome of this thing. I want my mother to get well. I don't want my father to die. I don't want the politics that are happening. Can I please go back into that dream and change that reality? There's a Sufi practice called Tauba, T-A-U-B-A, it's a turning of the heart. And when I feel dragged through this wilderness, when I feel dragged through the mud, when I feel alone, lost, in despair, like the Hebrews, like the Israelites, who were wandering in the desert for 40 years, who were lost and despairing and saying to God, and saying to Moses, really, they weren't even talking to God, they were talking to Moses, the spiritual leader. Spiritual leaders, those of us who are light workers, we know that we get, we get poked, <laughs> we get poked and prodded, right? So they said to Moses, hey, where's, all, where's the food? We were better off before when we were in Egypt. Where's the food? We're hungry, we're thirsty. And God gave them manna, which is bread from heaven. But that wasn't enough for them. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Eliza. It's not enough. They wanted quail. <laughs> so we're getting a little tired of this menu. Could you please provide, you know, we'd like some quail. And so Moses went to God and, and God gave them quail. And then they were thirsty. And he gave them water. So they're like, where's the promised land already, Moses? When am I going to get there? How long do I have to be in this desert? How long do I have to seek until I find? And I know for me, I sometimes need the prodding and the encouragement from God. I think that's what mediumship is. I think that's what mediumship does. I think that metaphysicians understand and show us and demonstrate to us encouragement. It feels encouraging when we know that there's something out there. It feels encouraging to us. These are little God incidences, are they not? These are little miracles, are they not? Like what was the point of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead? If Lazarus is not this body, if Jesus himself is not this body, not this mind, not this limited intellect or personality, then why was it important for Jesus to rise from the dead? Do you ever think about these things? Sometimes they keep me up at night. <laughs> What's the point of it? It's encouragement. We need encouragement in this human plane, in this horizontal, apparent, practical reality. So where is the promised land? Do we have to hold our breath through this desert? You know, St. John of the Cross says there is value and evolution, spiritually evolution, spiritually evolving when we're in the desert experience, when we feel lost, when we feel like we want to give up, when we feel like we want to stay in bed. In the Garden of Gethsemane, there's Jesus, right? And he, he's, he's, in, he's in deep, deep, dark night of the soul. He's in deep, deep desert experience. He says to his disciples, stay awake with me. And he goes off to pray, and when he comes back, they fell asleep. Daylight savings. They stayed in bed. <laughs> he says, couldn't you wait with me? What's that about? Did Jesus really need them? In the humanity, yes. In his humanity, he needed them. But what's the bigger point? What's the bigger picture? 
The disciples missed the promised land. They went back to sleep. They fell asleep. And in missing that, they thought, they thought that there was only despair. They invested in this apparent reality instead of absolute reality. And so let's not wait for the promised land. Let's not wait to get there. Because you know, guess what? The promised land is actually the journey.